What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Hey, hey, everybody. Good morning. Um, I am here today with um, my friend and colleague and my coach, actually, Miss um, Caitlin Jones, the one and only. Um, she is another fitness and nutrition coach, um, uh, mostly online here um, in the United States, based out of Bozeman currently. Um, and she knows how to essentially make you ready for all of the outdoors adventures, as well as getting stronger in the gym. And this is something that's, you know, kind of been something it's a topic that's really close to my heart of not boxing yourself into one thing um you know within fitness it can be really easy to feel like you have to go all in on just one thing and that you have to say goodbye to those other activities that you love or that might bring you joy and we are not about that life so um caitlin do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about your own background and experience and how you got into this specific area of training people for outdoors adventures and life in general yeah, so thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, so I grew up in Carson City, Nevada, and so in the backyard of Lake Tahoe. And so I grew up skiing and mountain biking and hiking and backpacking with my parents. Mm -hmm. And so that was always like, they called those life, lifetime sports. And so I could always, always, always do them no matter how old I was or I didn't, ha I didn't need people to do them. And so that was where it started was day one out of the womb um going through my childhood it was always there but even though when I specialized in sports um and through college when I played soccer um after that was done I didn't really have anything so I was always training for soccer um and you know kind of was in the spot where I didn't know what was going to happen next um so very much started that, that post-collegiate athlete syndrome yeah, yeah. I didn't know how to train outside of soccer. I didn't know what just normal fitness was. And it was this was 2013. And so right in the peak of like all the fitspos of Instagram and looking at bikini models and it's like, oh, that might be interesting. And the guy that I was dating at the time and was like, oh, yeah, you should do a show. And oh, it's like, I, okay, why not? worst idea I've ever <laughs> I, think, I, think, um, I think a lot of us have been there that have that have been yeah. through those like early 2010s fit, fitspo stage and and not that I'm knocking bodybuilding at all but like and, and this is a whole other topic for another day but it needs to stop <laughs> being used as like a band-aid for other shit going on in your life because that's yeah, what a lot and, of people use it for yeah it's not a band-aid it's no it was bad and so I did that for two years I did two shows um and at my lowest, I got down to 97 pounds. Ooh, teensy. And I was unhappy and unhealthy and just this skinny little human. And I was teeny tiny. And you're and not in my mindset. Hmm? You're not like terribly tall either. You're I'm five two. You're five two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so that it while it was proportional, it wasn't healthy. And how I went about it was terrible. I had two eating disorders and a horrible relationship with food and myself. 
and after that relationship was over, moved back home to the mountains, and that's where I became a ski patroller, started working on myself, my fitness, my relationship with food, hired a coach myself, and really fell in love with the mountains again, and fast forwarding eight years, um, I have a great relationship with food. I'm super strong in the gym. I'm competing for my first powerlifting meet. Mm-hmm. And then I go hiking and skiing on the weekends. And I can do that at the drop of a hat because I'm no longer concerned with like holding the group back or doing anything like that because mm-hmm. I am still super strong to do both things at the same time. I might be breathing a little bit heavier um, in the preseason and postseason, but in the middle of it it's it's pretty cool to be able to do both at the same time yeah and and, and two being able to like i don't know if you had this experience when you're training for physique specific purposes you get into this mindset of like ooh, can't miss a day like because if you miss a day it throws off your entire week it throws off your entire schedule and it, it impacts your mood in a negative way you get grumpy and grouchy and pissy with people because you didn't get your training in and then you feel guilty and then that fucks up your day with food and then you might you know it, and it's just it's it's a spiral black hole so being able to say at the drop of a hat yes i'm gonna go hiking yes i'm gonna go skiing yes i'm gonna go mountain biking without fear of it impacting your mindset but also impacting your ability to manage your training as a whole absolutely which is super super cool and i mean <clears throat> that's really what we're here to talk about today is how how do you find that balance because right and and so you grew up in nevada and now you live in montana and and i live in arizona and so we're surrounded by a lot of outdoor things a lot of outdoor activities i mean not right now in arizona it's freaking hot it's like going to be 110 degrees today it's going to be obnoxious like I'm sorry, but like I've lived here my whole life and you never get used to like the triple digit heat. It's just, it's freaking hot. That sounds terrible. I know. <laughs> we were talking gonna the be other day. 85 here today. <laughs> yeah. It's- we, were, we were talking the other day. You're like, ah, oh, it's 85 and I'm dying. I'm like, I dream of 85 degree yeah. weather. Like, I'll be 85 so happy. is hot. It is hot. So, um, first of all, when you do have somebody kind of come to you and, and I mean, that that has been training either focus on physique only terrible relationship with food or they're training for the mountains or whatever activities they're doing how do you sort of approach that with people because i feel like a big barrier to doing something new as always is going to be mindset around training nutrition and activity and not feeling like you're not going to be making progress. So kind of what is your, what is your take on that is sort of what is your approach to managing that from that perspective first, when you start working with somebody? Yeah, you said it just right. It's dealing with mindset first, and it's making sure that they understand that they're still going to make progress. I am more than likely not going to put them in a deficit for a very Mm -hmm. long time, because when you're doing all of these things, and hiking and training and having all these adventures you need to eat otherwise you're going to have a terrible time out on trail or in the gym and you're really not going to make progress no not at all so it's yeah and so it's first getting them in the mindset and kind of breaking that relationship between like oh I have to eat small to look small it's like Mm. no you have to eat big to do big things yeah and it's and that's really hard for some people because we've been fed this lie 
that, oh, you need to eat less and work out more. Mm -hmm. And I am very much in the world of like, you need to eat for your body and what you are doing. And if you are in the gym four days a week and then doing any outdoor activity the other three, that's seven days a week of exercise, which is a ton. That is a lot. And we'll get to the recovery part later. Yeah. But you need to be able to eat to maintain that. And in my own training, like I said, I'm training for powerlifting now. So I'm in the gym five days a week. And then with Montana temperamental weather, I am hopefully hiking or skiing this time of year and mountain biking sometime when it stops raining. Um, So that's six to seven days of some kind of exercise. And so if I am not eating, I want to sleep and that's all I want to do. And so I can tell, and I've gotten to this part in my body where I know that if I am not eating enough, I will just sleep. And I need that sleep because I'm not eating. And so it's the cyclical, like I will feel super run down and awful. And so I might as well just eat more. Oh yeah. And then I can do all the things. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's really surprising too. And I'm sure that you see this as a coach also. And I see this as a coach too, is that 90% of the time when I start working with somebody and, and you can kind of tell me what your experience is and you put them on more food immediately, the, the result is usually not weight gain. And when it is weight gain, it's because their body needed it and it eventually levels out usually a lot sooner than people are thinking it's going to love a lot. Like people think they're going to blow up the second they eat more calories. And that's usually not the case. (laughs) In some specific cases I've had it, but there's usually an underlying issue that they don't know about. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, it's usually the, or they added way too quickly. And so what I like to do is kind of like you do is figure out their baseline. Yeah. Figure out where they're starting and then add just a little bit. Yeah. So like, 150 to 200 calories more yep and then once they get comfortable there then you increase and you take into account all their biofeedback and every single little thing along the way but people get really used to that number and yeah they're really afraid when it starts to go up well it's like nothing bad's gonna happen and that's a weird thing too is that we're so like we all have this number in our head of like what the okay amount of calories is to eat and it's usually you usually need more than what you think you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, I used to think that like my magic number was like 14, 1500. It's cute. <laughs> and going, now we're so much higher um, than that. No. And we're in a deficit and we're still so much higher than that. Oh my God. I know. Well, I mean, and, and I just started my deficit, what, like this last week. And even I, even, I still feel like I'm eating a ton of food because I look at it on paper and I am eating a lot of food still. Like it's wild, but it it's, it is, it is crazy. So it's, it's amazing. Like when you let go of this, like expectation of what you should be doing or what you should be eating and instead do what your body is asking you to do. It, it helps. And there's, there's a, there's a, there's multiple reasons for that. Right. And like, you know, and I know, and I, I feel like I explain this a lot. Um, and I think I mentioned something about it, like in the last podcast episode, when I was talking about thyroid function is how our body utilizes fuel and especially like carbohydrates, right? We know we need protein for recovery, 
right? We need fat for energy as well as hormone metabolism and production, but we need carbohydrates for fuel. And that's, that's something that's really interesting for me that like, I'm starting to learn a little bit more now is not just how carbohydrates fuel my lifts, but how carbohydrates are fueling like my runs. Because when I'm running now and starting to run like more for distance and my endurance is increasing, it's less about like, can my lungs keep up? It's more of like, are my legs going to give out at some point? And when we eat these things, our body stores fuel, specifically right glycogen, into our muscles. And, and that's what's going to drive that initial fuel for any kind of activity, especially if you're doing something like a long distance run, a long distance hike, you're skiing on a mountain, you're, you're mountain biking, you're utilizing all that fuel that's stored in your muscles. Well, if you don't have enough fuel stored in your muscles, or you don't have like snacks that for the trail, and we'll get into some of that too, like what are things we need to take with us when we go on some of these adventures that will be helpful nutrition wise and fuel wise, you're going to peter out pretty quickly and you're really not going to feel good. And you don't ever yeah, want to- bonking is never fun. Yeah. And especially when you're in like a backcountry situation or you're skiing or hiking or mountain biking, it can be dangerous. It can, it can really dangerous. almost be, be the difference between life or death. Exactly. And it can be a deadly situation. If that's you're not the hard part about super endurance athletes. And I see a lot of it here in Montana. Um, the ultralight runners or the ultralight backpackers where everything has to be super duper light, including themselves. Mm-hmm. And I always want to, I want to talk to more of them because I don't, I'm not personal friends with many of them. So I can't ask them this question just on the trail. Like, excuse me, like, how do you feel right now? Because I want to know, I want to genuinely know yeah. how they do it. And I have a couple friends who do it back home um, and who are dealing with their own eating disorders because they have spent so much time being light and thinking that they need to be lighter, faster, and that's just simply not true because there gets to be a certain point where like your body needs what it needs for survival. Then it needs what it needs on top for the exercise. Yeah. But then it has needs for recovery. And if you're not getting that total amount, your body will start to break down Yeah. and your muscles will not recover. They will start to break down and then you can get things like rhabdo. um, Well, then you can get injured or just, yeah, your tendons and ligaments won't be as strong, and then the muscle holding them won't be as strong, and then you run into things like joint pain if you're not getting the proper amounts of fats, and it's it's just this wild game, and why not just eat more? Yeah, <laughs> and it, see, it sounds so simple when I say it, and I have done the work, I've gone to therapy, I've made all this progress. And so when I am dealing with that first initial client, I do have to think back to how I was when I first started Yeah. and bring it back to like, what do you love to do? Cause I do target people who love the outdoors and love lifting. And I was like, what do you love to do? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you love trail running. Awesome. That's what we're going to work on first. We're just going to trail run and lift a little. Heck and then yeah. we'll start bringing in these things that are maybe a little bit more uncomfortable and hopefully that love of what they're doing transfers into the other things. Because if I said, oh, you love trail running? Great. We're going to go lift heavy and just do like squats for the next two weeks. And I'd say, well, okay, but I don't like that. It immediately stops them in their tracks. And they're like, well, that's not right. Yeah. And so it's incorporating what they love into their training as well. <clears throat> yeah. 
but yeah, small, small little adjustment. That's important too, because I, I feel like I made an, and, and you probably resonate this with like, are you doing what you enjoy? Like there's always a balance between what is your goal? Is your goal realistic? And is what you have to do to get there something that you're going to be able to sustain? Like I remember being so resentful of like the gym at one point because I felt like I had to work out that I had to be there there was it wasn't fun anymore and it like took like a little while to like find my love of lifting again you know and it was sort Mm -hmm. of in this place like post bodybuilding I wasn't sure what was next I didn't really have a direction or a goal and I was just very like didn't want to do anything I was like fuck this shit. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with this. And I don't know yeah. how, I, and, and I think that part of, you know, what I found on the other side of it was I, I gave myself permission to do different things. And then I, then that's kind of how I, I discovered sort of my own balance of, I like working out. I like lifting. I don't like lifting more than four days a week for partially for recovery, because I will trash my body if I, cause I, I do lift hard and and like even last night god I took a bath and I was like oh my legs are toast from like running and then lifting and then all the things and I was like I need to soak my muscles they're sore but I enjoyed everything everything made me feel good and I think that that's really important so it's a that's why the whole concept of you can do more than one thing and it and now getting to balance them so now let's talk about recovery a little bit and, and what are sort of the implications of that? So like, how do you balance training plus outdoors things and recovering everything? So what is your take on that? So it all depends on your schedule and like everything, it depends. Um, for me personally, like I said, I'm in the gym five days a week and that's my powerlifting training. Um, maybe in September, once my meet is over, that will change. But I have those five days a week in the gym and then trying to do one hike, run, bike a week. So that does leave one day for nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's where I will sit on the couch, walk my dog at a very slow pace and do all my client work and catch up with things. Yep. So that leaves one day of total nothing recovery. But in the meantime, I am doing the things that are not so sexy (laughs) like I don't get to lounge around all the time because I work a lot and so I have I always make sure that I'm sleeping usually for me it's over seven hours hopefully closer to that eight or nine which means I get to bed a lot earlier um right now I'm eating over 3,000 calories a day because that is I was recovering from being sick and then I'm also just getting closer to my meat so when I'm deadlifting over 300 pounds squatting 270 and benching 170 like I need a lot of food to fuel that fuel my muscles and replace everything that I am tearing down yeah that's a that's a a big load to tax your body with yeah and so and that's not forever it'll change once I go into the off season and hopefully that'll lead to more skiing probably less days in the gym Mm -hmm. and um but then, so it's getting enough sleep, it's staying hydrated and with water and electrolytes. And I have some great recommendations in that, but it's those, the tedious things. It's the eating, the drinking, the sleeping, 
And those are the things that keep me functioning just at a normal yeah, eat, state. Eat, eat, sleep, hydrate, repeat. Yep. Like, it, it really isn't I mean, that complicated. But it's yeah. not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. It is the hardest thing is sleeping because I today was the first day where I didn't wake up at five and the sun wasn't up. Oh, it was Lord. still dark out. And it's like, oh, no, we're already going back to that oh, time of year. Oh, no, it's coming. And so going to sleep will actually be easier once the winter comes because they'll start getting dark at 3 p.m. Yeah. Which they're not ready for, but it happens. Um, but it's, you know, where if you can't get to sleep because it's too hot, you get a fan. If you can't go to sleep because it's too light outside. You get an eye mask. Um, you take cold showers before you go to bed, things like that, that will help in the process. And so it's trying to find your individual sleep routine or bedtime routine that'll set you up for success. And the biggest thing for me is just planning out my meals for the next day. Mm-hmm. So I know that I will get all the food. I have my hydro jug. So I have all the water that I need and then I lay out all my clothes for the next day. And so I don't have that stress of going to sleep where it's like, oh, well, if it's cold, I'm going to wear this. If it's, you know, if I have time in between the classes that I coach, I'm going to go grab something to eat down the street. And it's like, nope, everything's done. So I'm not stressed when I go to sleep. Yeah. And I can just go. Oh, yeah. And, and it those are the things, again, and, you know, full disclosure, part of the reason, like, I hired Caitlin as my coach, not not because she's my friend and a colleague, and I have a lot of respect for her and her knowledge on how to get, like, because, so, backstory, if you've been following me, uh, my boyfriend and I, we do hunt, we fish. Um, I would say that 90% of the protein that we consume is stuff that we have either killed or shot ourselves, <laughs> which is really which kind is of so fun. cool. Yeah, it, but it's really great because... Because it, we know where our stuff is coming from. Um, you know, we know how it's sourced. We know how it's processed because we do process our animals here at our home. We have a meat grinder and we like we wrap our own roast. So sometimes we'll take some of our meat to a meat processor to get like brats or things like that made with like pork and stuff like that. That they'll mix other things and create like a like a cool something. But we 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 kill and fish and and even birds like bird we do like dove and quail. Um, we just made a bunch of venison jerky. I just got Zach a dehydrator from Prime Day, so we just made a bunch of venison jerky because we have a lot of hunts and stuff coming up. And so um, this fall, which is what I'm training for, but like I have a it's my first big big game tag. I've only done birds. I've never been drawn for a big. Game game here in Arizona. Um, and so was able to get drawn for a trophy elk hunt, which Arizona actually has, um, the largest population of, uh, or some of the biggest and most well-managed populations of bull elk and mule deer that are like trophy level, like massive, beautiful animals, which is really cool. So it was sort of this, okay, I've got this tag and it's only guaranteed like once every 11 years. And I had like a 7% draw odds. And so the theme was, 
um, don't fuck this up because it's going to be like late November. <laughs> it's going to be like an 8,500 elevation. We're packing in to where we're going. Like we're going to have a base camp, but we'll also pack in because we might need to camp out somewhere else. Um, and then whenever I do shoot an animal and it's, it's very unlikely that I won't because we are going to have a guide. We have a friend who lives up in the area who knows the area really well. They'll already know where all the animals are. Um, you know, these elk are seven, 800 pounds. We're going to be packing out this animal after we shoot it so it's like i'm gonna have a pack and part you know part of an animal at some point on my back on, on a mountain at high elevation hiking uphill and it's like we and we we don't the elk don't come to us we have to go to where the elk are so it was like i have no idea how to get ready for this like i, I like i knew i was out of shape for like running and like my endurance and like i knew my cardio was iffy and and again i was just kind of going through a phase of like i had just healed my hormones like over the last year or so um which was a really cool experience just for myself i knew what was wrong but again i, I had I had a different coach at the time and she was able to help me get my hormones and and, and shit worked out um and I'm, she's she's a really awesome person too but i i got this tag and i was like i need help caitlin <laughs> <laughs> don't how do I do this which has been really cool and I'm gonna not gonna lie training now for performance and focusing more on like my endurance and my runs and like my lifts and the types of movements that I'm doing is a much different experience than like my bodybuilding days and and, it's and been some of really it's similar cool. some of it is similar and a lot of it's there's some differences and I'm like, I'm really enjoying it because it's, it's, it's just something different. It's a new challenge, but, um, but Caitlin's very similar to how I coach in that we very much try to take things from a logical perspective and very much take things from a, you have to take care of your body. You have to recover. You have to eat enough food. And that's kind of where I was going with this is that we have very similar values with how we coach and how we view training and nutrition as well as our food relationships, which is really cool. So being able to focus on not just physique, but also training as well as like recovery that's really so, so, so important on, on multiple aspects. Even if you're not hiking mountains, even if you just like to go on nature walks once or twice a week, you know, cause like maybe yeah. people don't like to go on intense hikes, but they like to get outdoors and a hike is a hike, man. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not going to discriminate, you know, do what you got to do. Um, so, but that, that's really cool. But everything's really fun. But that's how I ended up kind of working with Caitlin. But that's why I like it. So if you guys hear a lot of what she says, and if you listen and follow along with me, and you're like, wow, they kind of have some similar ideals there. Well, there's a reason for that. We're very similar. Yeah. I, and like, you're on the hormones side. I'm a little bit more on the training side. Yeah. And, but our yeah core values are exactly the same. And that's also kind of been fun to coach you. Because it is... I have to remind myself, like, you are a coach, you understand what you need to do, but every once in a while, it's, like, telling you, trying to find that boundary of, like, okay, you, you need, you need to start doing this, yeah. and, but, and you'll you tell know, me, not, too. not weighing your pack on day one to do your first set of intervals on the <laughs> treadmill, I know. Um, <laughs> Maybe. I totally was like, so I went rogue today. And she was like, oh, God. It'll, it'll like, come. Just be patient. Like, I won't do it so, again, but I was just curious. Yeah. And things like that are fine, and I'm never going to get mad at you for it, but there will be times where it's like, no, that, that'll come later. Like, baby steps. Baby steps. Because I'm also having you still squat really heavy. Oh, I know. I know. Uh, 
I get to do, I think, my squats are today. That's what I'm doing after we get off the podcast. I'm really excited. Okay. <laughs> It'll be a good time. Okay, so we covered a little bit of recovery. We covered a little bit of, like, how you balance your schedule. And really, it's dependent on what's already going on in your life. Right. So, you know, and what you're, and what season it is, especially if you're doing any kind of these activities in these outdoor sports. Um, and if you have somebody who like, okay, let's say somebody's listening and they're just like, I don't know where to start with this, but I feel like I'm getting burnt out in the gym and I, I live in an area where I might want to get outdoors. Um, but I want to go on some of these outside activities, but how do I then make sure that I have what I need with me? So like talking about, um, I'm going on a hike. It's maybe like a, you know, a six to 10 mile situation and I need to pack snacks with me that are keep me energized and fueled. What are your top recommendations for things that people need to take with them on these adventures so that they're safe and they have what they need? I, yes. Great. I love snacks. Um, I'm the queen of snacks and I always take snacks. more than I need. Yes. Always. So that's rule one. Pack a little bit more than you think that you'll need. Um, and I can actually put a link or I can send this link to you. Um, it's a outside did a great, um, equation for how much food you should pack on a hike. So I'll send that to you so you can have it in show notes. But, um, so different types of foods. So always have more than you want. Biggest thing is water and it sounds silly, but, um, water and hydration is key because you can actually survive quite a long time without food. You're only going to last a couple of days if all shit hits the fans. Um, so water is most important and electrolytes. My favorite electrolytes are from Scratch Labs, and I'll actually be referring to them a lot. Um, so Scratch Labs are my favorite. Um, they have a couple of different caffeinated, um, different kinds of electrolyte mixes that are just some little packets that you can take with you. Um, as for snacks, I like to think about what is going to keep me full for the short term. And so I usually have one bigger thing, either some kind of wrap or sandwich or even just like meat that I eat mm -hmm. um then especially if it's six to ten miles I'm probably eating once and then snacking along the way um so for my snacks I want those faster digesting carbs and a little bit of a fat source because I know I'm not going to be pushing hard like in a workout at the gym so fats are kind of necessary to increase that digestive digestive time um so i have i keep it pretty simple um gummy bears are one of my favorite things to have on trail yes um and i also try to keep it bars and expensive chews are great they are totally unnecessary oh really um it just there are other things that you can eat instead that are not as expensive well i mean that and... does make sense you I mean you think about like i see because one thing that i i've actually been meaning to ask you about too is like as like my run length increases what do i do when i'm out on a trail and i'm hitting mile three or four and because i'm getting i'm getting kind of working up to that point which is really nice i mean god you guys yeah you yeah. have no idea how good it feels to be able to actually like run and be <laughs> like i'm just gonna go for a casual two mile run like me a year ago would have been like oh bitch please you don't run um <laughs> and that's that's the difference between even honey 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 walking and hiking 
yeah um or running and hiking is um during a run it is a it's more intense Mm -hmm. um you're making a harder effort depending on what you're doing um but you want to be able to continue with that pace while trying not to bonk so for running i like drinking things okay and so it kills two birds with one stone i'm still getting water i'm still getting some sugar um and that's when like gummy bears are really nice because they're super fast digesting they're not going to be a lump in my stomach yeah um even like things like honey sticks that are not any chewing at all or those goo packets um i think every company under the sun makes some kind of yeah gel um those are really great and then so for the slower side where you can munch on things while you're just walking along along, yeah um still gummy bears um i do like go macro bars um some granola bars i will make my own beef jerky yum um as a protein source to kind of prolong that burn of the carbs that are just going right back into the energy that i am using um let's see scratch labs has great gummies if you want to go that route um my favorite thing to do is actually to go to your local rei or local outdoor store and just go through go to their snack section and just pick out flavors of things that you like okay and if you're hiking um you can choose the more calorically dense options yeah um but if you're running or doing something a little faster sticking to those gels and something uh, that's just just straight carbs yeah Yeah. um just because you want to be able to pick up and continue running or eat while you run or drink while you run exactly um in the world of meal replacements um a meal replacement is not 200 calories it is 600 calories yikes they do make bars that are 600 calories oh my gosh for real Yes, and what bums me out about it is they don't fill me up. Oh no! <laughs> I need the I need the volume. <laughs> but in a, I'm not going to call it a life or death situation, but like in an emergency, I have two of those in my pack. That's smart because they are very light, and it's 1,200 calories right there. Right. So that's so that's gonna if keep anything you going. goes wrong, I have extra food. I am safe, and it's not a massive sandwich or wrap that i'm keeping there and trying to like keep it cold at the bottom of my pack well exactly it can live there it can stay there and then that's important for safety because it's like you said like always make sure you have more water than you think you're gonna need like i whenever Mm -hmm. i go on a longer hike i'm never bringing a water bottle i'm always bringing like a bladder of water Plus, we have, like, you know, extra Nalgene's if there's, like, more than one. It's usually me and Zach. You know, he has a bunch of Nalgene's, and then I will have, like, a big, like, bladder of water in my pack that, like, has a little straw that comes out. But we also have um, an emergency kit where if we do come across water, it will clarify the water. So if we come upon a stream, we can clean the water and have drinkable water while we're out, and that's come in handy before because we found ourselves in some oh shit situations before and having access to clean water versus like if you can just get the calories into your system from like a meal replacement bar 
you'll be fine if you're hungry and it doesn't fill you up, but your body is still utilizing that energy. And that's the thing is that like, you'll start to experience hunger, but you won't, you know, if you, if it doesn't fill you up, but you'll still be able to keep going as long as you have water. If you get into a, you know, a bit of a snafu, um, and you won't get the brain fog. Exactly. And that's never bonking. Like bonking is so much more than just being tired and thirsty. It's your brain stops firing on all of its cylinders because so like I've energy. gotten to a point when I was younger where I'd go on bike rides and every child is stubborn and my parents tried to get me to eat and it's like just have a goo just have a goo just have this and like yeah keep drinking water and all of a sudden it's like I am dizzy yeah. and if that happens when I am alone in the back country or even in the side or front country like that's not good no because I tend to go on roads less traveled and I, that can't happen if I'm by myself. If I am with another person, I also don't want it to happen because I don't want to be someone else's burden. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, having enough in your pack or in your fanny pack if you're running just to like, just to get you through the sticky situations and then you'll be fine. Yeah. More than likely, nothing is going to happen. Right. But it's better to be prepared because it's mm-hmm. it's the time that you that you're because it, it does happen if you're going outdoors or you're doing something like I've busted my ankle on a trail before and had to get carried out. I've been in the situation where we've taken a wrong turn several miles in 90 degree weather and had to like backtrack. I've been in the situation where, oh, it's it's we're on top of a mountain and now it's lightning outside. So we're stopping here and like making camp yep. so we don't get caught in a storm. Um, those things happen it's not a matter of if they're going to happen it's a matter of when and it's making sure that you're safe and that's not only your physical training and endurance and stamina but it's making sure you have the proper fuel and that you're hydrated so that way you're safer in those situations and then obviously always telling somebody hey this is where I'm supposed to be and this is where I'm going if I don't come back please send somebody out looking for me like please tell whoever you know you can contact the you know if the forest service or, or or whatever if it's you know wherever you're at the authorities to get to you know hey my friend was supposed to be back and they're still not back from the woods and I haven't heard from them because some of these places don't have service right so those are all they're just like basic survival skills oh yeah you've got this what is, is my that? biggest thing what is it it's a Garmin it's a Garmin inReach mini and it connects to your phone um that is my biggest thing if you're ever worried about someone being able to find you if you just hit the SOS button I just had a um a girl that I know out on the PCT and she didn't need it but they came across someone who was super dehydrated really delirious and it was a child and oh. granted they were on the PCT and they were pretty dang close to LA, Yeah. but they hit the SOS button and it was there in five minutes. Yeah. That's important. And that's, and that's so all based on satellite like GPS. Some of that stuff, right? The Garmin stuff that mm-hmm. use satellite GPS. So it's not relying on a cellular signal if you're out of service. Right. And that's why and those it's are, really safe. That's the extreme, but it's this big and doesn't take up any room, yeah. but it like, it can save your life. That's brilliant. No, that's super important to know for sure. All right. So is there anything else that you feel would be important to share for the community? Like if they're not just struggling with training, not just struggling with their nutrition, but just trying to find that balance of 
living, moving your body and feeling good without having to give up things that bring them joy. Yeah, it's never, ever give up the things that give you joy. And also, if you don't have something, like I am the queen of not really having hobbies, but the outdoors are kind of my hobby. Like I don't, I don't play many board games. I don't read, but finding me outside is what will happen. Yeah. Um, but it's starting small. And so if you're one of those people who just wants to like, this sounds interesting, like, but how do I start? And it's like, find a local map, find your local trail systems that start mm-hmm. with, they always are usually marked like easiest to hardest. Yeah. Finding those trail systems. And so you can go on those one to two mile hikes, see how you like it. Um, you know, there are probably local Facebook groups. Your local REIs are going to have um, local meetups. Yeah. And so they will also have local trainings um, that are really nice. too that I use here in Arizona, but I think it works pretty much anywhere. It's called All Trails. And yes, it'll show don't you... rely on the distances. <laughs> yeah, don't rely on this is a bit. It'll show you like what's near you mm-hmm. if you don't know where to start. And that's kind of what I've been using it for is just to find where are some places near me that I can go check out. And, and when you go to those new places, I never go in with, oh, I'm going to do this like this. I just go, I'm just going to go see what this is about. Yep. Just go explore. Go explore something. Dip your toes in. Just like. Yeah. Drive to the trailhead. If it seems sketchy, listen to your gut. I don't know where you'll be living. But like if mine, if I go out somewhere super, super remote, yeah, you know, and I see signs for bear and mountain lion activity, that's kind of a red flag, but that means I need to take extra protection, um, yeah. meaning bear spray. Um, but if you're just trying to lo- look around at trails around you, all trails is great. REI is great. Um, and any outfitter will have some kind of map and then we have the internet (laughs) internet. Um, these small computers in our pockets small computers (laughs) in our pockets no big deal um yeah so starting small there and then it's just you know if you're a little bit more advanced and you kind of have interest in these things but like don't want to give up the training aspect of it like oh you really still want to look good in the gym maybe you work on a little bit more of your mindset where is that sticking point? So if it is in the gym and you believe that's the only way you are going to have the look, like the physique look that you want is by being in the gym, think about why and then kind of go from there. Because for me, at least it was like, well, I'm not building muscle when I'm outside. And I was like, no, but you're getting the cardio piece. You're strengthening your heart and your lungs you're strengthening your legs because you are using them. You're not on just an elliptical or a treadmill. It's a completely different animal where you're strengthening your knees and your ankles. Um, Even though you're not squatting or deadlifting. Yeah. It supports those functional movements. And, And I think that you'll agree with me too, that people underestimate the impact of cardio on your strength training. Like, oh, I don't want to yeah. do cardio because I'm going to lose my gains or I'm not going to put on muscle. Well, the cardio itself is not going to necessarily grow your tissue. It, it, you know what I mean? Besides just getting some of that more baseline strength, like you said, like in your ankles and your feet and your knees and your hips and stuff like that. Um, but it's having greater cardiovascular endurance is going to maximize your ability to increase load and time under tension in the gym. So it has a payoff, not necessarily on like direct 
pay off on your like, you know, gains, quote unquote gains with a Z, right? But it does have a payoff in how far you can push yourself in your training in the gym. So, so don't negate, mm-hmm. don't negate that aspect of it as well. Like there, there's, there's room for it all. And I think that's kind yeah. of the point that like we were trying to make with today's podcast, like not just give people some practical advice for those outdoors adventures and, and things like that, especially with the weather being nice in a lot of areas of the country and going into the fall, there's going to be a lot of things. Oh, and other things that people can do too. Like if your thing is you want to get into like mountain biking or like even skiing, like you can rent like mountain bikes, you can find beginner courses. You can sign up for like a mountain biking safety, something from your, you know, local outdoors store, wherever that is. You can go to, you know, even in Flagstaff, we did this years ago, we took a ski class. Like we took, we did the mm-hmm. little bunny slopes with the skis and that was a lot of fun. Like it was cool to try something new. Like, don't be afraid to be a beginner at something because that's how everybody starts out. Like seek out that help, seek out that support. And if you are one of those more advanced people that already is kind of like you've been in the gym for a long time or you've been in fitness for a long time or you've been outdoorsing for a long time and you're looking to just add that extra layer or that next level or find some more balance and you don't know how not only looking at your mindset but I mean hire a coach how much money do you spend on your sport why not invest in 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 fine-tuning the rest of it thousand dollar pairs of skis oh god yeah oh my god freaking a i i didn't realize my mountain bike is seven thousand dollars yeah oh no my my pack was like uh, my my pack for hiking is like a six hundred dollar pack and and my my boots were three hundred dollars and get them on sale (laughs) and that was getting it on sale (laughs) i know that's a crazy thing like everybody's so willing to spend so much money on their gear but we're not willing to invest in fixing the back end portion which is us like we're only your gear is only gonna get you so far exactly it'll get you over time like a great mountain bike is going to be a help yes it's not gonna get you up the hill no your legs will And so it's investing in the coach. It's taking the time to train and fuel yourself to ensure that you are going to survive out on that trail too. Exactly. For sure. Well, I think we pretty much covered all of the things. Like we talked about nutrition, why that's so important, not just for recovery, but for also keeping you safe out on trails and stuff like that and doing activities, what to take with you when you are going, you know, different snacks you can take. And Caitlin, any links that you have, you want to send me, I'll make sure those end up in the show notes. Um, you know, Definitely. especially if there's any kind of like affiliate links that you want to share, I'd love to share that with the community as well. Um, you know, uh, Caitlin's a, um, an affiliate with Driven Nutrition. Um, and I actually utilize her code, Caitlin 20 with driven nutrition. I personally like driven nutrition, especially their protein. Just my first name. Oh, it's just your first name. Just Caitlin. Just Caitlin. C-A-I-T-L-A-N. I I will drop a link for driven nutrition. I love them. I actually have like a subscription with them now for my protein because I'm just like, it doesn't fuck with my stomach and and that's huge. And I recommend it to a lot of my clients too. And a lot of people like it. Anybody that I recommend it to loves it and it doesn't taste like ass. And it mixes really well. So that's really good. But they have a lot of other great products too. So um, we'll we'll include any of those links um, as well as some of the brands that she mentioned to um, some of like those, you know, different snacks and go macro. So and there was another, the, 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 what was the scratch with, labs, scratch labs. We'll include some links in the show notes for you guys below. Um, but thanks so much, Caitlin, for um, 
being with us today and sharing yeah. some of your story. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it was a good time. And, uh, you know, we'll just, if you guys have any questions, you can find uh, me, obviously, you hope, I hope, if you're here, I hope you know where to find me on Instagram, um, at helena.m.fit. And Caitlin, you are at Caitlin J Coaching. Correct. coaching Caitlin yep. J coaching um pretty easy I'll obviously leave her handle as well in the show notes too but um and we that was man that was a good time we covered a lot I hope you guys learned something yep. new today <laughs> yeah if you have any questions let me know I'm always here to help yeah she's always in her dms too guys so you know we're we're not hard to get a hold of so if you have questions for her or questions for me you can dm us and we will respond to you <laughs> so we're not too cool for school we answer our dms <laughs> we will respond to people <laughs> so um and thank you guys so much for being here and thank you caitlin and um yeah that's an episode another episode of what the funk wrapped up <laughs> we'll see you guys soon bye Thank you guys so much for being here today. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. And are you ready to beat the blow? I am hosting my free Beat the Blow Masterclass. I did this masterclass a year ago and it was a huge hit and it is coming back and it is gonna be better than ever. This is taking place on Wednesday, July 27th at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. It is free to attend, free to join, and there will be a replay available. So be sure to check the show notes or the link in my Instagram bio and I'll see you there.